Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to the Red Men Radio Podcast number 60, the one where we're going to talk about Larice Callius and concussion from the Champions League final. I am joined today by Mr. Tom Dutton. Hello, Tom. Hello, everyone. How are we all? Not too bad. I'm uh, tired as usual, but that's just I think that's just me at this point. Um, You're really fucked when you've got kids. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely fucked. Somehow, yeah. So we're going to start how we normally start with a kickoff question. Then we're going to do a rundown of the week's topics. Then we're going to get stuck into the Larice Callier situation. And finally, we're going to end the show with a load of your questions from Twitter, from Facebook, and from our Red Men TV subscribers group on Facebook. So let's start with Jeremy Rothstein. Um, it's a bit of a random question, Tom. I found this really difficult. Yeah. Which cartoon character do you feel is most similar to yourself? So... Yeah, I found this really hard as well, but I figure all of them that wear the same clothes day in, day out, um, as so you can every see. Every cartoon character in the world. Well, I mean, the big ones, Homer Simpson, Ed, Ed and Eddie, uh, Calvin Hobbes, they all wear the same clothes, um, so I'll just go with that. Lisa I Simpson. Guess. Lisa Simpson, all the female ones as well, yeah. Um, Betty Boop. Yeah, oh yeah, no, I think probably closest to Betty, Betty Boop. I think so too. Yeah. I think you've got a good figure that you hide under that black shirt. <laughs> I really hope so. I really <laughs> hope so. So who are you going with? Come on, you got to pick one. It's yeah. Darth Vader because you wear black. Yeah. No. Yeah. Probably. Or or the I don't know. I I want it. I want it to be Calvin out of Calvin Hobbs just because he's boss. But I don't think it is that because. So what about know. personality traits then? Uh, stupidity, laziness. Maybe it is Homer Simpson. Maybe it actually is. Genuinely. What about yourself? So basically what we're saying is, uh, if if you're Homer Simpson in this, first couple of years of Red Men TV, it's been about me and Paul. When we go forwards from here on in, it's all going to be about Tom Dutton, because that's what Homer Simpson did with Bart Simpson. Uh, he got rid of the incumbent Bart and, and had the entire show written about himself. Maybe it is. I'll take Let it. Let us know in the comments section below if you think that that's the case. I've gone with Donkey from Shrek for <laughs> me. <laughs> nice. Okay, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so... I kind of felt like sometimes I'm just here for the comic relief and, you know, Paul's here to, to be the big main character <laughs> of the show and all that type of stuff and I'm just a little scrappy guy on the side shouting his mouth off and you can that sing. no one really listens to and I can sing, apparently, uh, which isn't true at all. <laughs> so there you go, I'm Donkey from Shrek, Tom is uh, Homer Simpson. Uh, we're going to get into the rundown of this week's topics then. News in brief, we've got Fabinho, we've got Fakir and we've got Mane to Man United, which uh, Madrid, sorry, not Man United, which broke last night. Um, we've not talked about Fabinho on the show. What were your thoughts when that transfer got announced? I was made 
played up. It's one of them where you, you, you're looking for an ounce of, like, just feeling good, basically. And then you see that we've just signed someone and it's a really good player and a player that we need to, to cover Chan's being moving on. And he's going to be amazing. I genuinely can't wait. As soon as he signed, and we've talked about it. But I just want the season to start now. Yeah, absolutely. Forget about the World Cup. That's, that's, that's nothing. It's Liverpool next season. But it's important as well. You mentioned the World Cup, Tom. It's important that he's not going to the World Cup, isn't yeah. it? You know, that we're going to have Naby Keita, who's not going as well, and Fabinho. They're going to be through the door on the first available day. Yeah. Jürgen Klopp is going to chain them up to exactly how he wants them to be integrated into this side. It's a bit mad, though, Tom, that, you know, two days, essentially, or three days after the Champions League final, we've pretty much changed our entire midfield. You know, at least two of the three parts. Rumours of Fakir coming in as well. Um, how would you be feeling if you were Jordan Henderson, Genie Van Aldum, James Milner? You know what? In in a in a way, obviously you'd be gutted because they're competing for your place. But did you see how how little cover we had at the end of the season? They're having to play every single game, and you make a bad mistake, people are on their backs, and there's nothing. Then they can't get out of the firing line. And these players who are coming in are quality. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can just... I can imagine if you were in a team with Steven Gerrard in that midfield, you weren't that bothered because you knew he was quality and he was going to pull you through and hopefully these these will do that for them. So how much have you watched it for Fabinho? I mean, I did I did a stats and tactics show on the website of him last week looking at an entire game that he played. I think it was against Trains in uh, Liga. Yeah. I was really impressed. I've been through the highlight videos. Everybody's been through the highlight videos, but I just thought uh, to get a more well-rounded view of him, watch every touch during a game. Yeah. Um, I was really impressed. First of all, it's his physical presence. He's absolutely massive. He looks like he really wants to tackle as well. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. a kind of guy who we didn't have in our side maybe since Javier Mascarano, Tom. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd say that. But a, a big thing for me is his footwork is really, really good for, for how big he is and... You obviously you talk about players like that. He's, he's kind of similar to Peter Crouch in my mind, where he's got he's got a bit of a depth of a touch, but he's got a pass on him as well. Obviously, not the passes that Jordan Henderson's really good at with spraying the balls, but then maybe that's why maybe that means Jordan Henderson will be in that team to be that. Whereas he's just going to be the destroyer, lay it off to whoever whoever else. Another thing I noticed about Fabinho that I really enjoyed from his performance against Trains was, and I don't know if that's how you say the name, and I'm, I don't really care to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. So you can slam your keys all you want in the comment section about me butchering the name. Oh, they will. But I just don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to learn the name of this team. I'll never hear of them again because they're crap. Yeah. And and you know what? That's just the way that it is. Um. So um. Fabinho, it is it's the speed of thought and the speed of those feet that you mentioned. I mean, you know, the amount of one touch, two touch passes through those little one twos, and the fact that he can drive forward from midfield as well, very similar to Keiter in that yeah. regard. You know, very much box to box midfielder. I think the dynamic of this midfield is completely changing with the two signings, and you know, we've seen this season whereby. Uh, when Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain got into good form, we saw the midfield change completely, didn't we? The way that he drove with the ball at his feet, the way that he could link up that midfield and attack, and you know the other players, maybe like a Genie or a Jordan, something like that. You know, a little bit more deliberate, a little bit more slow, looking for those sort of the right ball at the right time, yeah, and yeah. you know we'll play it side to side a bit more. I think the two lads that we've got coming in can really speed up our play and drive us forward much, much quicker, and that's something that really excites me. Yeah, and, definitely. And it looks like Tom Jürgen Klopp has already got a plan in place for next season. Um, we'll get on to it a little bit later. In fact, you know what? While we're talking about Fabinho and we're about to go on to Fakir, 
I will take a question from at Frisky Firmino. For next season, can you see us changing formation from the 4-3-3 to perhaps a 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1, particularly the latter if we were to sign Fakir, as he could play the 10 behind Firmino, or similarly with Fakir, Dembele in um, right mid with Salah and Firmino up top and Mane left mid thoughts. Uh, what do you think then? Tom? I mean, 4231, 4231. the 4-2-3-1 looked really good. I mean, it, it looked good in the sense that we still had all our attacking players on the pitch and then we put Solanke in there. Imagine if we have Fakir in that number 10 with Firmino being that, that other link-up player. That could be just devastating to whoever we play. The only... I, I just wonder about that midfield being strong enough, but then maybe if Fabinho is good enough as, as a destroyer and then Cater's next to him to, to push on as well... That could be just the perfect side if you're thinking of we'll have attacking fullbacks up the side, we'll have we'll have a player who just kind of sits in and just breaks up play, the player who links that up really well in Kate, and then a front four, the best three the best front three pretty much in the league last season, and one of one of the, the best number tens that you could get now could be just devastating. It could be, and, and I won't talk about the four two three one. Although I I really like that. I'll try and throw it into the four four two. And I imagine if it was a four four two, it would probably be more a four two two two. Okay, yeah, I yeah. suppose with Kaiter and Fabinho or something like that as the two holding mids. Then you maybe have. What, you have Fakir off the right or Mane off the left yeah. and then Salah and Firmino up top and that sounds devastating as well, doesn't it? Yeah. And I suppose it's very similar to a 4-2-3-1 but you've got the two players coming in from wide instead of central areas. It sounds incredible and that's what I suppose it is at the moment but we don't know about Fakir. Again, getting back to the news right now, uh, Maddox said that, you know... Um, Talks are progressing very slowly between Liverpool and Leon. Um, it doesn't look as it stands like Liverpool are going to get him through the door before the World Cup, which would be a little bit disappointing because yeah. his price could go up if he has a good World Cup campaign. It could do, and but if it if he does get him in, you know what I mean. Or we're just going to watch him now and, and and hope that he has a good one. I am anyway, just because you want to see people that you that you want to sign playing at the highest level and, and, and competing I'd love it if he won the World Cup and then we got him yeah we'd have to pay 25 million but imagine the confidence he comes in with coming in coming in like that and look he's class he really is class he he, he just oozes style and he's, he's he, if he comes in I think he'd take all our free kicks he'd take all our corners probably take our penalties and we haven't had someone that does that for a while maybe Trent but that's for the future and, and don't forget Fabinho takes penalties as well he scored yeah. 15 of 15 for um, for his team so it's going to be for Monaco sorry I forgot there for a second <laughs> uh, it, it's going to be very very interesting but I do like the idea of having a free kick specialist and a penalty specialist I yeah. think that's something that Liverpool need uh, on to Mane to Madrid did you see these rumours yesterday I did and I laughed them all off every single one of them I, I, I really went in, I was like where's this come from and it was somewhere in France yeah, or Le something. Keep, Le keep, yeah. No. It's literally, we know what happens. Liverpool fans want loads of stuff about transfers. So you're going to put Mane in there with Real Madrid, who beat us in the Champions League final, make everyone go mad. And then everyone's like, oh, is this true? Is this true? And then everyone's trying to say, no, it's not. But then it's like, well, there's reports. Now it's in this paper. They're like, they've taken it from that source. What do you want about? And uh, it annoyed me, to be honest, because we're just... We're being used as just like numbers. Yeah, in pitch, that's all. That's all we are. We're the guys who are clicking on those yeah. links and stuff. And you know, again, David Maddock from the Mirror, who has 
been really on form the last few weeks around Liverpool and stuff. I noticed him more and more. He's becoming more and more prevalent at the moment. Uh, he came out with, uh, he'd obviously spoken to Liverpool and said one word, nonsense. That's what Liverpool said. Yeah. Uh, no way we're selling Sadio Mane. Tom, we've heard that before, mate. That is true. Is that worrying? It, uh, no, because I think we're so good at trying. You know what? If we do sell him, we're selling him for more than Coutinho. In my eyes. Because, come on, Real Madrid... You you just beat us in the Champions League. We are not giving you anything for free. Not even we are gonna get as much money as we can out here. And Mane's been on fire. He's had a you know what I mean. He's been integral in this team. And why would we give that up for anything less than being able to buy three more talented players? That's it, and I, I fully agree with that. I think that I think the rumours are absolute horseshit. I think it's exactly like you said. I think it's all about clicks. I think Liverpool fans have probably provided those clicks, um, and they are playing on our fears as well because yeah. we've seen the likes of Phil Coutinho and Luis Suarez go to two of the bigger clubs in Spain. So it's almost it's got that crumb of believability about it. Then Liverpool have to come out and say no, and then everybody, just like I asked you, then goes, "Well, we've heard this one before." Yeah. We, we're basically selling him, well, and I'm not if, into that. Even if they don't, if Liverpool don't come out, everyone's like, ooh, Liverpool haven't come out, so what's going on? If they do, everyone's like, you're a lion. So, so they can't win. So do they need to come out and say, yeah, we're selling him, and <laughs> then not sell him? Yeah. Is that what they need to do for a change? Just change yeah. the stance on this? Yeah, definitely, and then raise up the price, make everyone really scared, and then be like, ah, psych. And then, <laughs> and yes, you've nailed it. Okay, we're going to get into our main topic then of the show. It is Lloris Carriers, it is the concussion. Uh, before we get into it, I'm just going to read the statement. Uh, so, on May 31st, 2018, Mr. Carius underwent a comprehensive examination by Dr. Ross Zafont and Dr. Lena Herget in Boston at Massachusetts General Hospital and Spalding Rehabilitation Hospital. The statement began. After carefully reviewing game film and integrating a detailed history, including his reported present and immediate post-contact subjective symptoms, physical examination and objective metrics, we have concluded that Mr. Mr. Carrier sustained a concussion during the match May 26, 2018. At the time of our evaluation, Mr. Carrier's principal resi- residual symptoms and objective signs suggest that visual spatial dysfunction existed and likely occurred immediately following the event. All that to say, he was concussed during yeah. the Champions League final. Um, I suppose before we get into the concussion side of things, Tom, um, what was your standpoint before the concussion news broke on whether we needed to replace Luis Carrius? So we've had a f- I've had a few discussions with a few people in this office about this, and 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 to be honest, I don't think we're getting the new number one. And I know that sounds really weird because he's made two of the biggest mistakes in the biggest game in football and in in football and club football, but. I've done a quite a bit of research, and in terms of who we're bringing in, so so I looked into it, and I was thinking, what's the first thing you think of when you think of a goalkeeper? It's clean sheets. So last season, after he became number one, he got twelve out of twenty-one clean sheets. That's fifty-seven percent for the whole season. That's before he became number one, fifty-six percent. You compare that, Allison forty-three percent, twenty-one out of forty-nine. Oblak, Atletico Madrid. Beats him out of this by 1%, 31 out of 53 games. So you're looking at this, these are two players that we want to bring in. But if you're talking about clean sheets as a whole, we were so good at the end of that season. And if you're thinking about wins, out of all of the games that Carius was in, 36 games, 21 of them were wins. You know what I mean? That He played so well for me. In, in that run-up, he was a massive part of us getting Champions League next season and getting to the Champions League final. 
And you can talk about mistakes all you want, and 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 I'm sure everyone wants to, and I'm sure you've got to bring them up because that you can't lose games like that. But I don't know. I don't think you write someone off like that. Okay. Um, do you know anything about CTA and concussion? I don't. I had a very brief look about it before. Okay. So I, obviously, I'm a massive NFL fan. Everybody knows I've got uh, me and Steele. I've got an NFL YouTube channel, Cover Two TV. Yes, cheeky little plug there. <laughs> Go over and check that one out. Uh, we've done quite a few videos on concussion last season uh, because it's so prevalent in American football. Yeah. Because there's just so many head injuries and stuff, and you're talking hundreds upon hundreds each and every season. And the NFL do a really great job. And going back to the statement, the first thing that I liked about the statement that it was done in America. Yeah. Because that's where the research is being done yeah. into this. So you can wonder, oh, well, it might be that Carius was over there on holiday and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is that's where all the experts on concussion in the world of sports are there in America. So it's absolutely fantastic that they're the people looking at this and not someone over in Germany or England or anything like that because they've got the, they've got the answers yeah. to these questions. So that's the first thing that I really, really was happy to see. Secondly, in the NFL, as I said, there is a concussion protocol. And the concussion protocol, if somebody takes a head injury, you have to go to the side of the game. Then the then the doctors look at you there and then as soon as you have that. Now, it's a little bit different in the NFL because it's stop-start. So you're able to take a player out. And then you have to essentially pass a test. If you're entered into concussion protocol, though, you have to leave the field of play. Okay. And you have to go inside to be properly looked at in the doctor's surgery, in the, in the depths of the, the stadiums and stuff like that. And then if the got concussion you're not coming back in and it's very difficult actually to come back in for the next game even wow. you, they will look at you constantly between games to make sure that you're okay because ultimately CTE can happen which is a disease of the brain what happens is basically when you get concussed your brain moves around in your skull a little bit and it starts producing some kind something is produced inside your brain and it changes everything so you get those feelings of you know spatial awareness goes down and all that type of stuff so it's very 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 um difficult to come back from a concussion especially in a game like this now if he is concussed and it looks like the stats prove the facts prove that he was concussed then you can kind of Make a bit of an excuse for the two errors. The first one, I don't know. The second one, Defo, the the the, the one where Bale hits it from far out and it goes in. Um, it's hard. It's hard to say though because I was having a look at Petacek. Remember when he got that massive injury, and I was having a look at what he wears. So he wears like a like a scrum helmet, basically, doesn't he? Like padded and stuff to protect protect him. Apparently, if he didn't wear it, he didn't get insured in some, in, when he was playing and stuff. And it's so hard because think of how many times in a game that that happens. And I know it's... You, I'm not trying to write off the fact that... It, it, when someone goes up for a header and gets an elbow in the face, it's probably the same thing. And I don't know. I, I don't know, is my honest Yeah, answer. I think for me, you know, again, just going back to me NFL fandom and stuff, it, it would affect the first one as well. And it would affect the first one simply because... If your spatial awareness isn't great, you think Benzema is further away than he is. Fair enough. For example, yeah, yeah, you know that could be one of the side effects. I'm not saying that that was the side effect, but that could potentially be one of them. Or you just don't fucking see him because you're not quite. Do you know the way when you spin your head around and it takes a it takes a millisecond yeah. for us to catch up. Um, it's very good in God of War. Actually, that have you played God of War? I've I played bits of it. And yeah. when you move quickly. 
the screen kind of moves a little bit out of focus yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I think that's amazing in God of War, by the way. Um, and it kind of it would kind of be a little bit like that. Yeah. So the first one could be down to it. The second one, no one really talks about it. But I don't think he dives properly for that goal, and I've never, I've not spoken about it on camera or anything. Oh, for the overhead kick. For the overhead kick, yeah. I, I, for some reason he pulls his arms back. Yeah. Maybe it's because he knows it's in. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he knows it's in. But I would guess that some goalkeepers could have saved that. Now I'm not saying that it's a bad goal to concede, but I do think that a goalkeeper can save that. I don't think it's unstoppable, certainly. And the third one, I mean, the ball moves in the air. If you've got concussion, you're talking it's about 20 minutes later. It could just be coming to its full effects. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm not making excuses for Luis Carius, but my standpoint before the concussion stuff was get rid, get yeah. rid now, because I didn't want him at the football club anymore because he'd made two high-profile errors. The concussion stuff does change things slightly for me because I understand the severity of concussion, and I think if anybody does, they will know that, you know... The question has to be asked, Tom, why is he on the fucking field? Uh, it's hard because you can't do... All them protocols that's in place for NFL just wouldn't work in football. You've just got to get him off the pitch and he never comes back on for the game. And and I don't think players would want that. And I know you've kind of got to go, well, it's not down to you because that's a serious head injury or even a moderate head injury is not, not good news. But players would just hide it then. A lot of players would because Carius would never go off that pitch. It's the Champions League final. He he'd have it in his head that he still that he still that he still wants to play for the team. Imagine he gets an elbow to the face like that and then goes off the pitch. A lot of people would have a go. A yeah. lot of people would have a go and regardless of that it come out and he go, Look, I was seriously a lot of people would go, No, you didn't play for the club and 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 that's the weird thing. It's a lot about oh, you've got to be manly and stuff, where maybe we've got to ditch that in a way. Maybe we've got to go, no, Look, this is a serious safety thing, in football. Yeah. You know, it's got a lot better over the years, and it's not as prevalent as the NFL because the the high impact type of challenges that these lads are getting in the NFL all the time. But you know, it's got to be taken out the players' hands, and that's the difficulty, and that's where football's failing at the moment, yeah. and something like that. Now, I'm not saying that we lost that Champions League because Carrius got got concussed, and I'm not saying I'm certainly not playing as the as the mirror said yesterday. We should be replaying the bloody thing. <laughs> that's, that's a, joke, a fucking it? joke. Like, a joke. Do you know what I mean? And the, the article, the lad never even said that, and that's the that's the, that was terrible, terrible um, journalism, journalism and stuff. But you've got to take these type of things out of the players' hands because if the if there is an injury to somebody's head, the referee needs to call a doctor onto the field. Yeah. And maybe that would have happened had it happened first half, but because you would have been able to look at him uh, during half time, but because it's happened just three minutes before the goal, yeah. there's no way that that's going to happen. And say you do notice, say Carriers does notice something, we've already had a guy go off injured in Mo Salah. You know what I mean? And you're using another one of your substitutes to take your goalkeeper off in a high, you know, profile game like that. Mignolet with, hasn't played for Mignolet a while hasn't as played well. for ages. That's very, very difficult as well. Yeah. That's a decision that the manager's got to make, a decision that the medical team have got to make. And again, going back to the 90s in American football, the doctors are paid by the club and the doctors in the NFL used to turn a blind eye to things back in the day. Yeah. And that's why the CTE stuff was taken out of their hands yeah. because ultimately the coaches wanted to win and the doctors were enabling the coaches to win the best way that they knew how. I think as well... Uh, Look, you 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 seen you've seen the video back. Everyone's seen it back where Ramos was supposedly nudged in the back, and then he goes and elbows the fella. Make a bigger deal of it, and I know it's hard. You can't say it afterwards, but you've got to roll around on the floor. Kalo Navas jumps all over the floor, gets the fella sent off, 
genuinely, the fella gets sent off and and it's annoying because Ramos has done us in that final and and really, really smartly. I know he's severely injured two players and, and it's despicable, but that he's just won a Champions League. He doesn't care. He's have no retribution. Nothing's being done about it. Nothing will be done about it. And he's won his team a third one in a row. He got to lift the cup, you know what I mean? And it, it, it's so hard to, to, to kind of combat it because, again, if I'm on that pitch, I'm Lloris Carius, I'm not going off. Genuinely, I'm not. This and that, that, that's the difficulty. So, obviously, your standpoint before was uh, give him time, let him try and prove himself. So, I take it your standpoint's exactly the same now. Yeah, and I think, I think it might even... Look, he did lose us that game ultimately, concussion or not. He did lose us that game, um, and he's made them sorts of mistakes before without a concussion, if that you know what I mean. Um, but I really think he's a quality goalkeeper. I really think he's 25, same age as, as uh, Allison and Oblak, um, and he's coming into his own. It's his first season as number one, and he's made like maybe like six mistakes. But two, like three of them, have led to him a goal straight away, and I think I think Klopp will stick by him. I really do. I, I, what about yourself? Um, it, the concussion stuff changed my viewpoint on it because I think if he's injured and he's concussed, then <laughs> yeah, he, it's hard. Yeah, he, you know, he doesn't make those mistakes in my head. Mm. Um, that's the way that I think about it. I like to give him the benefit of the doubt in that regard. But what hasn't changed is the fact that I think we can improve our goalkeeper. Fair enough. I think there are better goalkeepers in the world than Luis Carius, and I would always want Liverpool to strive for better. Definitely, um, yeah. you know, if our blacks available, I do think he's a better goalkeeper than Luis Carius. Yeah, um, I'm not 100 percent sure if Allison is. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. But we're still going to have those learning sort of errors that you get from a new goalkeeper and stuff. One thing's for sure: the back four seems to be comfortable with Luis Carius, yeah. and that might be enough for Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool to move forward with him because. You could tell with Simon Mignolet like, that they weren't comfortable. Dejan Lovren yeah. wasn't comfortable with him. The fullbacks weren't comfortable with him. No one knew what the fuck he was going to do at yeah, any yeah. given moment. Whereas I don't feel like that's happened with Luis Carrier since he's come into the side, certainly since Van Dijk's come into the side, and all those stats you mentioned about us improving and stuff. Um, Another so th- big thing, sorry, is Ben's done a done a comparison, Allison versus Oblak, and the big thing is Allison in terms of his distribution, is really good. Our black in terms of shot stopping is really good, and maybe it's it's hard. You kind of want a middle of the road one of them, and Carius is that. You know what I mean? He is the middle of the road of that of them two players. So maybe we just found them early. You know what I mean? And we, you've got to stick by them, and you've got to give them, you've got to give them that confidence. You've everyone's got to just go, okay, look, lad, you fucked up, you did, but. My main you. my main concern over Luis Carius at the moment is whether he can come back for it mentally. It's Fair not enough. it's not his skill set. I mean, he can make top draw saves. He can come out and punch the ball. Yeah. Um, sometimes I, I do I do wonder why he punches the ball. Sometimes like the Gareth Bale one. I think you, you, and Dembele and the Dembele one as well. Yeah. So I do think there are errors that can be ironed out through coaching. That's Definitely. that's certain. Um, whether they will be ironed out, who knows? If you can't, if you're coaching him that way and he's still doing it, then you probably move him on. But that's not to say he's being coached that way. Yeah. So that's a, that's another grey area that we're looking at. So there we go. That's the Luis Carey stuff. We're going to do a little bit of a debate on this later on in the week on YouTube. Um, 
basically whether and we'll go really in depth yeah. on it whether you want to keep Lloris Carriers whether you don't um, it's going to be probably me it's definitely going to be Tom um, and then what we'll do now is we're going to have a little break you're going to listen to a little segment of our player rating show on Jürgen Klopp we've done three player ratings show we've rated the goalkeeper and the defence for the season we've done the midfield and we've done the forwards and Jürgen Klopp so here's a little segment from the Jürgen Klopp one now Bobby Firmino I've given him a nine and it's mental that I'm giving him a nine because in any other season, Roberto Firmino gets a ten. Um, but unfortunately, he's not been as good as Mo Salah, so I've had to mark him slightly down. Um, 27 goals, 11 assists. It's been a pretty good season. Yeah. I've given him a ten because I think he has been as good as Mo Salah. I think he's been instrumental in Mo Salah playing the way that he has been playing. Um I think everything that he does for the team is absolutely incredible. You know, we'll all talk about the work rate. Every single person, you can't talk about Roberto Firmino without talking about the work rate because it's there, because he applies himself every single game. He's played 54 games this season. I mean, it's a, it's a mammoth amount of football the yeah. lad's played and he's not gone missing in one of them. So there you go. Those shows are all available on the RedmenTV.com. It's £5 a month and your first month is free and there will be a plethora of content all summer long for your eyes and your ears and if you want your mouths um, although I'm not sure how that's going to work um, <laughs> one question I didn't get to read out it was at Martin Wall 7 with the concussion releva- revelation of Kelly should he be given a chance at Anfield I think we've already answered that one going to get into it now Matt Froud from Facebook greatest reggae artist of all time Tom oh yeah Bob Marley or Robbie Lyle of Arsenal Fan TV it's close it is close I think they're both icons in their own right Um Agreed. Uh, it, uh, Bob Marley plays... The, no, no, it's Bob Marley. <laughs> no, Bob I was going to try and say Robbie. Um, I've only heard one song by him, and uh, I'm not really into dance hall, to be honest. Okay, well, there you go. Um, I think it was a ridiculous question, to be fair. <laughs> I think it was Bob Marley all day long. Robbie Lyle's got many, many talents, uh, and he's a very good reggae artist, but Bob Marley's the greatest of all time. Yeah. We didn't need any names to come up with that one. Um, okay, so we'll go to Paul Jawad. I'm sorry. Uh, do you think there'll be any surprise exits this summer? Personally, I think Klein could be a shock exit. Otherwise, the other sales will be expected. Do you want to start this one? I said about two months ago I wouldn't be bothered if Klein goes through the door. And, you know, it's not because I think he's a bad player. I think he's a very, very good fullback. But I just feel like the team's moved on a little bit yeah. from him. Um, I think you could get good money for him. I think you don't know the type of player that you, that's coming back either after being out for essentially a season. Yeah. Um, and I think you stunt the development of Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think if Joe Gomez is good enough to perform deputy duty, and maybe get a few games at centre-half, then you probably go with Trent Alexander-Arnold. If not this summer, certainly next summer, because I believe Trent Alexander-Arnold is the future of right-back at Liverpool Football Club. Other than that, shock ones. Ready to pop the question? The jewellers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Nah. Well, that's the hard thing. What you, what you can't class as shock, I think. I, I'm thinking Ward will probably go. And Mignolet, which will be a... That, That'll be a big one, but I think that's. Pro- I, I wouldn't be surprised. First if eleven, do you think anyone will go? Well, that's the thing. No, I don't think we'll bring. We're, we're now relegating. Pendo, no, because they need to be our squad players now. We've talked about this quite a bit, where we say you've got to bring in top class and then relegate your now your first teamers to to second class and and make that competition that way because otherwise players aren't going to join your team. Yeah. Um. And I think that's the best way to do it. So I I, I think Klein probably. But then we maybe we just say to him, look, you're going to have to sit on the bench, lad. you're going to have to lay off Trent and then maybe get on the side. Yeah. Um, Left-backs, I'm trying to think. I don't think Moreno will go through the door. No. I think it would be a little bit of a shock, actually, if he did go. Yeah. I think you're right. I think the two goalkeepers you've mentioned, Mignolet and Ward, are probably done, although I'm disappointed that Ward would be. Yeah. Um, the only other one that I could think might be a shock, and I don't think we should get rid of him, but Joel Matip. That would be interesting, I think. Yeah, he's, he's not really performed, but he also gives us another dimension of, uh, at centre-back. Sometimes you might want these two passing players, because Van Dijk can do it all. Van Dijk's the centre-back. Sometimes you just want a, another ball playing centre-half there, and Lovren's OK on the ball, but Matip can just feed a pass straight through, and I'd be disappointed to see him go... He could. Uh, I think. I think you're right, though. He, he could do. The only other one. If you've got, I suppose, if you if you're playing a four at the back and you've got two centre halves, let's, let's think about it this way. Mm. You've maybe got Joe Gomez. Yeah. You've got Joe Matip. We've offered Ragnar Klavan a new contract by all accounts. You've got uh, Van Dijk and you've got Lovren. So you've got five centre halves yeah. there. And can you carry five centre halves? And you've got lads coming through as well. Exactly. I think we probably will get a centre back uh, just because. Well, let's just get up. Get a top class centre back. Um, I, I, if we buy a centre back, I think Matip's gone. Oh, by far. And and then may, maybe Clavan. I think Clavan's happy to stay on the bench, though. That's the thing. So he probably will stay. I'd be. I think Danny Ings might, uh, Ooh, might go. You know, I that's a shout because he wants first Burnley? team football. Yeah, yeah. I'd, he could go to Everton. He could go to anyone. Everton and below. Probably Newcastle. You know what I mean? A team like that where he's guaranteed to play. There's so many. Ga- Shane Long. They, they, I can't remember who he plays for. Is it Southampton? It was, yeah. Well, Southampton, I'd have him. There's, there's loads of teams that will have Danny Ings because, look, he's a finisher. He just hasn't really done it for us. And and I wouldn't be... I'd be sad to see him go, but I, I, I want him to play regular football. I want to see him scoring in the Premier League because he can do it. And at the moment, he's not getting in ahead of Firmino. And if we bring someone in... 
then he's all the way down there. So maybe yeah, it okay. is. Good answer, mate. Good answer. I didn't think of the Ings one. Um, Jeremy Rotstein also asked the same sim- a similar question. What do we do with Nathaniel Klein now? Surely Trent Seen is too high to be wasted on the bench. I think we've kind of answered that one. Um, Smashy07 on Twitter at Smashy07. Most hated rival club player and why, Thomas Dutton? Well, at the moment, it's Sergio Ramos, isn't it? Yeah, good point. Because he's a bastard. Um, yeah, you got that one right. I, th- wrong. <laughs> I think it's, you know what, I think it's Costa, Diego Costa, really, really annoyed me. In, like, as a Chelsea fan, I'm sure you're like, ha, 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 like Suarez, you know what I mean? But he was worse than Suarez for me. He was just, an, he, he just did everything in his power to piss people off. I saw them playing in in um, in La Liga, and I think it was in Zonzi or someone was, was up against them. And he like he like put his head back into his face, and the player just went bang and just hit him in the face. And he was like, "Ah, oh. it's like you deserve that because you do it all the time." I love watching that, but that's mine. I've gone, I've gone Premier League on mine. So the one at the moment that I hate more than anybody, and my hatred is born out of them being boss for yeah. no other reason, right? Exactly. So we were having a conversation upstairs, and Ben Kelly goes Fellaini, and I went, "Nah, because he's shit." <laughs> so I don't really hate him. Yeah. What I hate of what I hate of Fellaini is the fact that he comes on and does a job for them when they need a fucking goal. I do hate that yeah, about yeah. him, but he is generally speaking a bit poo. Um, <laughs> Eden Hazard, just because oh. he scores against us all the time, he's so fucking good. boss. And every time he's on the ball, I'm shitting myself about yeah. him scoring. Like every single time we play Chelsea, I'm not really worried about any of their other players. But when he picks the ball up, something special seems to happen. So I fucking hate Eden Hazard, and he scored five goals against us. The other ones, and you'll you'll notice a running theme here: Lampard and Terry. <laughs> I fucking hate them as well, yeah. you know. And Drogba. maybe it's because I've got a hate for Chelsea and yeah. Drogba. Add him into it as yeah. well. Dennis Wise, fucking yeah. going further back, like uh, Frank LeBeouf. All of them, fucking hate them all. They were I all hate class. all of them, mate. Um, they're all class at their own individual thing, and it, it's not United players anymore. No, weirdly, because be. they're not good enough anymore. Um, Skulls, Giggs, yeah. Beckham. I hated all of them. Yeah. Cancer, the same right? way I mean, they all of them exactly the same way they probably hated Gerard and but there's a weird kind of respect for Gerard because he was obviously the best out of the skulls and Lampard and Gerard like, well, clearly clearly he won Champions League and I know they did as well but uh, they might have won other stuff though yeah they won they won things but yeah <laughs> no but uh, it's hard because maybe maybe someone like. Uh, Arnautovic as well. I don't know. There's something about him. You just, just don't like his me. face. Yeah. And there's, his man bun. Yeah, there's a lot of players where I'm just like, nah, I'm not feeling you at all. Like, so. I hated Abel Xavier for the the pineapple on his head and then we signed him. <laughs> yeah. Was it him? Was it even him? Maybe. Was it? Yeah. Was it? Uh, are we sure? I've got a funny feeling there was a Nottingham Forest striker who had it as well. Does El Chief play anymore? Is he I still mean, he's hated and he's probably my most hated Liverpool player of all yeah. time. Like, um, I don't know what he's doing now, but Lampard scored eight goals against us. And the other reason that I hated Frank Lampard was because Gerard was clearly better than Frank Lampard. And because Gerard was better and could play more positions, he was shifted out wide for England. Yeah. And that pissed me off because England would have done better with Gerard in centre mid. And the fact that Lampard was stupid and couldn't play with Steven Gerrard. I mean, he's the best fucking midfielder of his generation. And Lampard was so stupid that he couldn't play with Steven Gerrard. And don't try and flip that one on its head. Um, <laughs> Agreed. We all know why everybody hates John Terry. Uh, there's a lot of football players who hate him. A lot of wives that don't, apparently. Uh, but there we go. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. At <laughs> uh, would you rather have Big Sam's face on Cristiano Ronaldo's body or Totti's face on original Ronaldo's body? Is this me or is this as a football player? Would I rather have this yeah. on me? Um, this and is if you th- want to pick as a football player, go for it. Well, original Ronaldo's body. Are we talk like back in the days? You fine. made the rules. 
okay, uh, then it's Totti's face and original Ronaldo's body because he original Ronaldo was class. Yeah, exactly. He was amazing. That's the right answer. And because what you're saying with when you say original Ronaldo, you've uh, you've already stated because original is in there yeah. that that's the football player exactly. Ronaldo. Yeah, and because I don't want a melty face on Cristiano Ronaldo's body. I don't want to watch it. It'd be horrible. It'd like sag to his Nobody shoulders. Nobody wants a melty face or the melty man to visit them. Do you know the melty man? I don't like to know the melty the man. The melty man. The melty man turns up occasionally um, <laughs> right before sex. <laughs> okay, okay. And if the melty man visits you, you're not getting it up. Okay, I get you. Okay, get so you. nobody wants the melty man or Sam Allardyce's face on Cristiano Ronaldo. Because he would body. give you a melty man. He would give you a melty man. <laughs> so it is, yeah. It is, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we move on then. And this is probably the greatest question we've had uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks at Trippus and Maximus Trip Matthews on Twitter. Name the best Liverpool eleven based on kit numbers 1 through 11 in the Premier League era. So the way that we're going to do this, Tom, me and Paul normally go through our each individual teams, mm-hmm. but I think the question's so good that I'm going to give you options for each number yeah, and so that, nice. that everybody listening and watching on YouTube uh, can play along with us. So leave us yours in the comments section below. So uh, players you can pick from for number one, Brad Jones, Bruce Grabelard, David James, Diego Cavalieri, Jersey Dudek, Larice Carius, and Sander Vesterveld. I was tempted to go Larice Carius just to just to see how much piss I could boil, but it's Jersey Dudek. Look, he won us Champions League, or he was there in the team that won the Champions League. The rest of them, I mean, I didn't see much of Vesterveld to be honest. Um, Vesterveld did win us the treble. That's fair enough. That is that's good. Also, uh, in terms of what I've seen, I think it's got to be Dudek. Okay, I'm going Bruce Grabala. Fair play because I'm a little bit older and stuff like that. So I've seen Grabala, remember Grabala, enjoyed Grabala, and listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna contradict myself as we go through here because Bruce Grabelar in the nineties wasn't the goalkeeper that he was in the eighties. Yeah. But but for Brucey, I'm going Brucey. Okay, uh, so number two, uh, Alvaro Abalawa, the Sainer, Glenn Johnson, Cromkamp, Klein, Jones, Rob Jones, of course, greatest right back this club ever had, Bartens and Stefan Ancho. See again, this is this is hard. I'm gonna say Johnson when he was good for us. Okay. I mean, Klein was... That six-week period. Exactly. Around about 2012. Before he became John Glenson. It was, I mean, look, Klein's good for me, but Glonson? You can't... No. <laughs> it, was never, it was never Glonson. Glonson, right. Glonson. John Glenson. Got up the wing, you know what I mean? He was, he was, Glotto, he was quite, Glotto, he was, he was quite good at attacking. He was, he was an all-right fullback. So I'll go with... I'll go with uh, I've gone Rob Jones yeah. because, as the as I've already mentioned, he was unbelievable. He came in, he pocketed Ryan Giggs in one of his first games against Manchester United. He was just brilliant. His career ended far too soon because of an injury and stuff. Um, so for me, it was that. Out of interest, what formation are you playing? I I didn't. I just put them down numbers because I'm because I'm because I'm like that. Okay. Um, start putting your team into a formation. It's hard because like I've got, two, got right two right backs, backs exactly and a left time. back and three and and yeah, it's hard. I mean, I can. You are absolutely go now um, <laughs> because we need to compare the sides at the end, Tom. <laughs> so, go ahead, I'll do it, I'll do it. Um, so, uh, for number three, you've gone for Steve Finnan out of Abel Xavier, Bjorn Torquavami, Christian Ziga, David Burrows, yes, John Scales, Jose Enrique, Julian Dix, Paul Konczewski and Steve Finnan. It's not a great crop of number threes, it's, to be fair, is it? And lots of them are right backs for some reason, well, which that's is it. weird. That's the hard part. I mean, I mean, it's definitely Steve Finnan because he's just the best. I love Steve Finnan. 
And the fact that no one knows where he is, he's like a building contractor somewhere. He's makes not it like even property better. down in London, any? I love it. Yeah. I love the fact that no one, someone. It's in London. People do know where he lives. Well, it, it, only because two years ago, everyone was like, "Where, where's Steve Finnan? <laughs> What's he up to now?" And he's like, um, "Yeah, he's, he doesn't have a Twitter. He doesn't care. He's making dough, probably. He's laughing. And he was clutch." I think Steve Finnan out of the number the twos and the number threes was probably the best right back there. Yeah. But I have picked an actual left back because I don't think Glenn Johnson can play left back. But we'll come to the teams later. <laughs> oh look, Tom's put Glenn Johnson oh, yeah. left back. He's class. I'd rather have Finn in there. Uh, I've gone Christian Ziga. I mean, he wasn't great for us at Liverpool, but he was unbelievable back in the day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so for, for me, Christian Ziga takes the number three spot. It then gets very, very difficult because it turns out numbers four, five and six, are, there are just a lot of centre-backs in this. I'm very good centre-backs at that as well. Very, very good. So number th- four, Aquilani, Jason McAteer, Colo Torre, Nuri Sarin, Raul Morales, Rigobert Song, Sammy Epia, Steve Nichol, oh, mm. Virgil van Dijk, my word. So Steve Nichol, wow, Sammy Epia, Virgil van Dijk, they're the ones he's using from. It's Sammy, because I'd go Virgil in two seasons' time when he's the best centre-back in the world, but it's Hippia, just, he had such a deft touch, he scored so many great goals from corners, and he was always a, just, just the man you looked at. Obviously, there was Carragher there, but Hippier was just a mountain of a man. Yeah. So that's why I picked him. It's, it's Hippier all day long. I completely agree with that one. So, um, number five, mm-hmm. Danny Aga, Jeannie Wijnaldum, Mark Wright, Milan Barros and Steve Staunton. I mean, it's Aga for me. Yeah, It has to be. I went with Mark Wright. I never really fell in love with Daniel Aga. And I went with Mark Wright until I couldn't make a side with it. So I changed and picked my number five as Jeannie Wijnaldum. Ooh, okay. So you've gone. I've got a midfielder, and I've got an. I've gone with a centre back at number six instead. Wow. Okay. 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 Um, but for me, out of them, it was always going to be Mark Wright. Um, so number six is Lovren, Don Hutchinson, um, who played for both Liverpool and Everton, Fabio Aurelio, John Arisa, Louis Alberto, Marcus Babel, and Phil Bab. Um. Well, number one, sorry, I'm Six. writing my team down. <laughs> it's John Alarisa. I, I, again, so you now can you've tell, got a left back. Yeah, I know, but he's not playing left back. Um, he, he's playing in the place where he won us the Champions League. Um, no, but John Alarisa scored. If you watch he's his goal, comp- out here, his goal compilations, right? He scored so many worldies. Like I think two of them were tappings, and the rest were outside the box, going 35 miles an hour. He was class. He was such a good player. Uh, it's a shame he lost his head after he scored no goal. Yeah, he did very much so. Um, I've gone with for my number six, Marcus Babel, and I've picked up a centre back there. And he didn't play centre back for us; he played right back for Liverpool. But he was a centre back back in his Bayern Munich days. And again, he was part of that treble winning season in two thousand and one. He took us all the way there, and then unfortunately, the disease ended his football career. I think had that not happened, we'd have been talking about Marcus Babel as the greatest right back the Premier League. I've heard a lot seen. of good things. Yeah. Uh, better even than Gary Neville. Um, so <laughs> number seven. Harry Kuehl, James Milner, Luis Suarez, and then I stopped reading. Uh, it's Harry Kuehl, isn't it? No. <laughs> Nigel Clough, Robbie Keane, Steve McManaman, Vladimir Smeecher. Oh. I mean, we've all gone for Luis Suarez, yeah? Oh, it's got to be Luis Suarez, but there's a good, there's a few good shouts there. I mean, Laddie Smeecher wasn't very good, but he, again, he scored in the Champions League final and, 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 and was part of that legend. 
but no, Suarez. Suarez. And the only it didn't run him close, but Steve McManaman won as the Coca-Cola Cup in 1995. Um, See, so- a lot of these are hard to me because I, I started properly watching footy and ready to get slated in the comments. But I properly started watching footy about 04, you know what I mean? So a lot of these players have come from Istanbul and beyond because... Because you're just younger than That's me. when I started watching yeah, footy. I mean, we, I mean, if you're having a go at him in his comments for his age... There's loads of other stuff you can have. I know. Look, look at the state the, of me. You know what I mean? It's the the age thing. You can't be having a go at him for his age. Um, you can have a go at me for my Christmas hams. You can have a go at Tom for whatever. Whatever you want to do. I'm glad um, you didn't single out certain things because that would have a nice one. Um, okay, so number eight. Mm-hmm. Emil Heskey, Ivan Leonardson, Paul Stewart, Stan Collymore mm. and Stephen Gerrard. I mean... Yeah, it's Captain Fantastic, isn't it? It is Stephen Gerrard all day long. Or even Leonard's and ran him close. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him that. Um, I, to, to be honest, I would have picked Collymore after Stephen Gerrard. I loved it when we signed Stan Collymore. Like, he was so big, he was so strong, he was so good on the ball. He was tricky, he'd score goals from 30 yards. We had those Newcastle games, the 4 3 games and stuff with him. Yeah. I loved that team. I loved that team and I loved Stan Collymore for Liverpool, but Stephen Gerrard is Stephen Gerrard. So Collymore can. Uh, do one yeah. uh, okay so number nine this was a tough one it is tough yeah. a very very tough one we've, we've had a lot of good number nine we have Liverpool <laughs> have been known for their number nines we've had a few shit ones in recent times as well to be fair mm. Andy Carroll Christian Benteke Gibral Cissé El Adjizouf there's a few of them yeah. um, Fernando <laughs> Torres good Iago Aspas shit yeah. Ian Rush Oh, Nicholas Anelka Ricky Lambert Robbie Fowler and Bobby Firmino mm, it's so hard it is so hard I mean I've gone with Torres because just, just some of the goals he scored were, were, were just unbelievable. But Bobby Firmino, his movement, all that stuff. I mean, Rush was kind of past it in the Premier League either, wasn't he? But, yeah, he was, yeah. But, Unfortunately. I mean, if we were, to, if we were talking before it, Rush. If we're talking best be striker who's been a number nine for Liverpool, it is Ian Rush. It is Ian Rush, but yeah. But it is Premier League area. area, area I mean, area. in my team... Gerard linking up with Torres with Suarez is the best, Ooh, the best yes. thing I've ever seen in my life. I've picked Bobby uh, Robbie Fowler because okay, Robbie Fowler, mate. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he was the first player that I fell in love with at Liverpool Football Club. You know, he, I was, I, I think it was ninety three. I think it was ninety three when Fowler broke in. So I would have been eleven at the time. You just go into senior school. You yeah. support the team for a few years. You start watching the games. The Premier League came around, so there's more games on telly and all that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, for me, it was Robbie Fowler. And the he's lad called, just as a wand. He's, he's called, called God, God for a reason. Called God for a reason. Yeah. Um, so number ten, um, actually quite a difficult one. Yeah, Andrew Voronin, Joe Cole. John Barnes, Louis Garcia, Michael Owen, and Felipe Coutinho. Again, it's it's between Coutinho and Owen. It's probably I mean I'll pick Coutinho, but Owen was unbelievable. I mean, again, it it was it was just just before my time, but I've seen what he can do. I've seen how good he was. Yeah. Um, but he was. He, I think he was our top scorer for either three or four seasons on the bounce. I mean, he was he was electric when he came into the side. Uh, I've actually picked Michael Owen over yeah. Phil Coutinho. Um, who do I prefer out of them? 
I don't really like either of them, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then I'm not picking John Barnes because the 80s John Barnes was so much better than the 90s. On the yeah. 90s one that I remember was the lad who played it sideways in Roy Evans' side yeah. and was told to do that. So a little bit how like everyone gets annoyed with Jordan Henderson for lateral passes. John Barnes was worse, five-yard lateral passes. Really? But he was told to be like that. He still had the skill set. He'd got a little bit older and obviously put a little bit of beef on. Yeah. That's, the Rob- that's unfortunately the John Barnes that I remember most. Um, so I've picked Michael Owen. And number 11... Evan, Riera, Redknapp, Gonzalez, Mark Walters, Maxi Rodriguez, Mo Salah, uh, Asaidi, Robbie Fowler, Roberto Firmino again, Smicha and Ben Ayun. I really wanted to pick either Rodriguez or Ben Ayun because I loved both of them players. I like the song for Maxi Rodriguez is one of my favourites, but I mean, top scorer last season, Egyptian okay. masterclass, yeah. It's got to be solid. I can't, I can't believe you followed Egyptian with masterclass. I know, I was trying to think of what to say, but he is a masterclass of a player. He man, is a so. masterclass of a player. He's also a king. Um, so, um, okay, go through your side and the formation. So, my formation's 4-3-3, because that's what we play. It's Dudek and goal, Finn and right back, Aga, Hippier, Johnson, left back. He's also got Aga and Hippier the wrong way around, but you can't tell that. Yeah, no, it's what, it, it's the right way. If you think it's the right way, just put it that way. Uh Gerard is the holding defensive mid, but he he, he forays forward, and then while he does that, Risa fills in front left mid. <laughs> Coutinho on the right mid, and then it's a front three of Salah, Suarez, and Torres. I just wanted to get them all in. It doesn't matter what it is. Oh, so where's Torres playing? When Suarez drops into the number to the false nine, Torres then takes it, so it works. It, it does work. So I, is he I, playing left wing? Uh, sort of okay so second striker fine. it feels to me like you've picked your best player in each number but not thought about a team at all okay so um, I've done it slightly differently I have picked the side that I think can compete at the highest level so I've gone Bruce and goal Rob Jones right back uh, Babel and Hippier as me centre backs Christian Zieger as me left back then I've gone a 4-2-2-2 yeah um, Gerard and Wijnaldum in nice. the centre as me two holdings Wijnaldum's a bit more of the DM in this regard because Gerard box to box because Gerard yeah. um, right winger Mo Salah obviously left winger Luis Suarez nice right. okay and Farrow and Owen up top two unbelievable sides there thank you so much to Chip Matthews leave us yours in the comments section Actually, who wins that tell us in the comments genuinely which team wins that in terms of balance, probably Chris's, but in terms of just having players on the field and just running at yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see this question done before Premier League era, by the way. Yeah, I'd that love would be to incredible. see that. Like, and you'd actually have some choice, but I can't remember what year the, the numbers actually started. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably is late enough for us to give a shit about, but we should we should just do that on the next one. Yeah, fuck yeah, it, yeah. why not? Uh, so, Tip Matthews, absolutely superb, uh, superb question. Let us know yours in the comments section. If you're listening to it on Acast or a, on a podcast of uh, app of some description, tweet us your one to eleven Liverpool Premier League era. Um, that easy to find the, the the numbers for the players. Type in LFC history, um, Liverpool squad numbers, and it will come up. It's the first Google search. Uh, so we've got a big question now coming from at Lewis Calvert ninety one. Uh, I think I'll take this one actually. Okay. Uh, society's obsession with body image, fat shaming, skinny models, plastic surgery, feminism, feminazis, misogyny, the treatment of women in other cultures, natural laws of attraction, physical and mental differences and perceptions of gender and the psychology behind it discuss 
Nah, I'm not into that. Uh, at A and Casey, one alternate formation for us when we don't have the front three available. Thomas Dutton. I like the diamond, and I don't. I, I've put no thought into this whatsoever. I just like the diamond because I remember it worked for us in 1314. Um, in who's all seriousness, uh, who's playing the ten? It's. I mean, Fakir. When we get him, now it's Kate who plays the ten for me. In that, weirdly, okay. I think it's Salah and Bobby as the two up top. And then I think it's... I'm, this is all that's off my head. I'm not even thinking about it. Mane for the 10. It could be Mane for it, but he's going to play left of... The, he's going to play... Left mid. Left mid, yeah. Like reset, like reset in my oh. in my great football inside. I just gave inside. you the right answer. You could have changed it right then, but you've dropped Mane into midfield. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Mane Cater playing like a... Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> no shit. I don't know. Formations, I just look at our team and just go, yeah, it's 4 3 Tom just time. likes diamonds, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so if it's a diamond, I think you play the back four as you normally do. Yeah. You get a new goalkeeper. Um, your DM is probably Fabinho. I think right of a midfield would be Naby Keita. Left of the midfield, oh, actually, I'm not sure about that. James Milner. Number 10, Sadio Mane. Up top, Salah and Firmino. I like as well a five at the back with Joe Gomez playing that right-hand side centre-back role because when he plays it for England he's really good gives Trent a bit more freedom to get up and kind of play a midfield role uh, gives us the, the, the numbers in that midfield to just let us throw everything Okay, question for you because I've heard loads of people talk about this if you're playing three at the back mm-hmm. and you, you're using Gomez on the right Tom, who are you playing as your centre centre-back and who's playing your left centre-back? I think I'd have Lovren as my central one and I know that sounds weird because you've got Van Dyke there but I just want Lovren cleaning up the messes. The way Skatel did when he was really good at just sliding in and getting rid. And I think Lovren's got the physicality and the, the awareness to do that. And then you just give it to... I don't think you play the, that central defender as your, your ball playing. If that makes sense. I'd want the other two to be. I know it's kind of... Did Chelsea do it that way? I think they do no, the central they, man does that, they, don't they? David Luiz used to pick the ball up, if you think back to a couple yeah. of years, and he'd almost be that centre-back, centre-midfielder, sort of hybrid position where he'd stride out with the ball. But I actually prefer it your way. Mm. I'd, I'd rather see the destroyer in the centre and two ball-playing fellas because yeah. you've got two ball-playing fellas. And the thing is, you get more space on the sides of the pitch. Yeah. I think you, you come up against one striker a lot in the Premier League. They're going to be... In that middle spot zone, yeah. So have yeah, your yeah. ball players either side of him. So I like the Van Dyke left, and and I like the uh, Joe Gomez to the right. Obviously, you have got Robertson. Who's your midfield then? I think it would be it's going to be uh, Fabinho, and I'd want Henderson in there, um, and then going further forward, I think it'd be I want I just want Cater in there as well, and then that gives me two more players. It's going to be Salah, and it's going to be it's going to be Firmino. You know what? We fucked this question up massively because we've used the front three in all of ours. And the question was, when we don't have the front three available. Ooh, well, I mean... So your Kaita shout now comes back into play. So I'm taking Mane out both times, weirdly, because I don't think... I think we can... I'd probably throw Ox into my number 10. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, that's a good shout, that actually. That is a good shout. Um, For one of them. So... In your th- okay, so we, we're basically doing that way. Four four two. I think it's very easy as well. I think you know it. It is what it is. So that was a good question. Thanks, uh, Owen, for that one. Owen Casey won. Uh, final question comes from Jay Dennis, uh, and it looks like he's waving to us as well. You can't see that on the podcast, but I'm waving at you. You know what that is? He's a new member of the group, so you get that if you're a new member to the Facebook group. Like. Do you? Yeah. So yeah. Ross is actually doing his job for once. Yeah, I know. Amazing. Mad. Nice one, Ross. Well in lad. Um, what would your objectives be for next season said newbie Jay Dennis so 
I think minimum Champions League football for the season after. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we need to win a domestic cup. Yeah. We need to like just or anything. Yeah, or European'll do. But I think look, we've gotta to get to the final of both and you keep putting yourself some finals, you're gonna get there. I, I don't think we're gonna challenge City for the league. I don't think so. I think and I think we just need to go all out on a League Cup, FA Cup, one of them, and then Champions League get out the groups again. I'd be happy get getting out the groups and, and having another European journey and see where it takes us. So we had no expectations last time and it, it made us so happy the journey. I think we've gotta do that again, otherwise we'll be upset about European football mm-hmm. when you've gotta you've gotta enjoy it. Yeah, well, and well, I, so. I feel exactly the same way as you, uh, except I want a title challenge. Okay. I think it's not a minimum objective, but I do believe that this squad is good enough to challenge Manchester City. I think Manchester City had the all-time greatest Premier League season. It's going to be very difficult for them to replicate that. Yeah. You know, it feels for me like defences, defences, sorry, <laughs> um, always take a little bit of time to catch up to offences. Yeah. Um, Man City dominated the league last season. I think there'll be teams now looking uh, at trying to expose their very, very few frailties. And I think I think it can be done. I think teams will play better against Man City. I don't think they'll get 100 points again. Yeah. And if that's the case, I do see Liverpool improving and putting a, under a little bit of pressure. I'm not saying I think we can win the league. Yeah. I do think Manchester City are the best side in the league. But if we start well yeah. and we're putting pressure on from the beginning, I think we can, we can absolutely have a challenge. I'd absolutely love some Silverware next season. That's what it comes down to. I and think Klopp and the team needs it, don't they? They do, and I don't need. I don't mean the League Cup. I mean the FA Cup or the Champions League yeah. or the Premier League. They're the ones that I want. I want to see the League Cup given to lads who can prove themselves because we saw this season once we were out of the League Cup. We didn't have any space for the likes of Ward, for the yeah. Jaria, for Woodburn. So it's an important competition for the development of your squad. It's not an important competition to win it because it's a bit of a Mickey Mouse Cup, but it's important for the young lads Definitely. and that they can progress and get better because they're essentially season stunted in my eyes. Yeah. They could be further along their development if they'd had a few more games in that competition. No, it is true. I, I, to go back onto your the title challenge thing as well... I, with all these new managers coming in, like Arsenal are going to be revitalised. Probably not next season. Yeah, with Fellaini going there as well. Yeah, oh, he's going to do a, do bits like that. Imagine but, uh, being an Arsenal fan, Tom. And then you, you're telling us that Allegri's coming in. I was on the uh, football fan show with uh, Robbie and the Arsenal fan TV lads. And I was like, why the fuck would Allegri go to you? And their only answer was, why did Klopp go to you? I was like, well, because there's a fucking project there. And they were like, yeah, uh, exactly. And I was like, he's not going to you. He's not leaving you there to go to you. He wants to win a Champions League. That's, it. That's what he wants. Yeah. And none of them were like, they were. there was about six of them all shouting at me and stuff. Two weeks later, Allegri's not going. They've got Unai Emery, who's a good man. Manager, very good, a very yeah. good coach, but then imagine the first signing being Fellaini. How funny would that be? It's it's mad. I mean, in a way though, I understand it because their midfield's full of like people who don't want to put in a tackle, and when they do, it's a red card offence every time. Um, I mean, they need to sort out the defence, not the midfield. I was watching a great video of them trying to defend last season. They were god awful constantly, um, but they're gonna like they. It'll take a season, but then they'll get there. I think United are going to have a massive push next season. Spurs as well. It, we need to like put ourselves up there more and more because it's just going to get harder and harder as the years go on. So we may as well be the second best there. Yeah, I, yeah there's, I a, there's right. a chance. I mean, Paul said that at the start of last season, you know, with the changes that the teams were going through back then as well. 
um, there's a chance that the top six can become a top four. Um, now, this season, there was a five-point gap to Chelsea, I think it was, but Arsenal were almost out of there, and it's almost the top five. Now, I want it to be a top four again. I, I, you know what I mean? I want it to go back to being a top three, and I want Liverpool to be one of those teams. And Listen, Chelsea are going to probably go through some changes. Arsenal are going through some changes, of course. So if we can just put a 15-point gap between us and them and make sure that they don't get the signings that they need to get back into the top four, that would be fucking fantastic. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. All right. Thank you very much for joining me today, stepping in in Paul's absence while he's on holiday. Day. Uh, and of course thank you all for listening thank you all for watching on YouTube if you could give us a 5 star rating on your iTunes or whatever that would be much appreciated if you could like the video on YouTube that would be amazing as well don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube and all our socials and we'll see you next time walk on